You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. As I've done for a couple of weeks in the past, I'm going to be recording shorter episodes that essentially just give you quick tidbits of tidbits of information that you can use to uh, make some changes onto your processing and save some money and obviously convert more sales. So I'd really like to know your feedback on these types of episodes. And if you have any questions or anything, any burning issues that you'd like me to answer. So please comment below. Uh, and if you do like the content, then please share, like this episode and subscribe to the channel so you can get more content. So today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the checkout page. So regardless of whether you're using Stripe or if you have your own checkout page with your own merchant accounts, a lot of these are going to be applicable for both, but they will be applicable a little bit more if you have your own uh, checkout page that you host yourself versus a hosted form like the one that Stripe offers. Uh, but still, there's still some tips here that you can use that can help you convert more sales and save a couple of bucks. So a few things on your checkout page that you should be doing. Um, these are little things that you can do to avoid sending unnecessary transactions to your processor. The goal of that is twofold. First, the less transaction, the less bad transactions you send to your processor, the less fees you're going to be paying for transactions that are going to be declined. So, you know, you save some money there. Um, secondly, if you do send a lot of bad transactions, when I say bad transactions, I mean, transactions that eventually will decline or are stolen cards and so forth, the more your processor will scrub your transactions. Scrubbing means they'll, when a transaction comes in, if it looks like it's missing information or something doesn't make sense, or if it seems risky, they have different algorithms for that. I won't get too, too into that, but they have different algorithms to determine if a transaction is risky, they score it. And if you have a tendency of sending a lot of declines, you might start getting scrubbed uh, and, and losing more transactions unnecessarily. So it is a really good idea to have some checks on your checkout page that prevents your, your processor of forgetting all of these you know, quote unquote, bad transactions or decline transactions. One way you can do that is by adding a loon algorithm check. So the loon algorithm, that's L-U-H-N algorithm is essentially to check if a card is valid. So if it's actually a card number that exists, it's an algorithm that determines credit card numbers. So if you just do the loon algorithm check on your checkout page as somebody's inputting their card number, well, that will really help, um, you know, if somebody's mistyping their account or whatever, it'll say invalid card number. And that prevents you from sending the transaction over to the processor just to get a decline. And then the customer may not even know why it's being declined. They may have not noticed that they didn't put in the correct card information. So that's really, really important. Um, another thing that you can do is use your gateway fraud check. So most gateways, whether you're working with NMI, authorized.net, or, you know, any of the bigger gateways, they have fraud checks that they, that they can do. Um, these are usually pretty basic, but still it's, it's worth a check just to go in there and see what they have and what you can, what makes sense for your business model. For example, you might have, um, you know, a subscription or something like that. And you can say, you know, each card number technically should only be charged three times a month. So if somebody tries four or 10 times or whatever, that could be obvious fraud. 
You could also say that after two declines, you do not want to send that transaction over to the processor. So if somebody just keeps trying the same card over and over and over again, it'll get stopped at the gateway level and it avoids you getting a transaction fee from your processor, a transaction fee for, from your gateway, and then eventually having potential scrubbing issues, as I mentioned earlier with your processor. Another thing that's very interesting is, you know, if you have a, a product that refunds quite quite often or, you know, money, money back guarantee where people ask for refunds often because they try the product or they, you know, especially for digital products, um, you know, you give them, you know, somebody logs in, sees that they don't like the content, they want their money back with, you do have a window where you can void a transaction instead of refund it. It's a much better option because then you don't pay the percentage discount fee. So for example, if you void a transaction with Stripe, instead of uh, refunding it, you won't pay that 2.9%. Um, so it kind of, you know, it, it negates that process. So there is a way of avoiding transactions within a gateway and you should learn how to do that and make sure that you, you tell your customer service agents to void if possible. Usually you can void within the same day that a transaction occurs. Um, another popular service, you know, recently is for merchants who have subscriptions, it's called a decline salvage. So meaning when you have subscriptions and people decline, there's companies out there that take your declines and try to salvage, um, the transactions. So again, the problem with that could be twofold. One is that you're sending a ton of bad transactions to your processor. So you might have scrubbing later on because they may, you know, trust your transactions less. Secondly, you are paying transaction fees for every single transaction that you're sending through. So you're getting likely a gateway fee plus a transaction fee at uh, your processor level. Um, and some of these companies are a little bit relentless. They'll try 10, 12, 13 times when, uh, you know, when, when somebody's declined their, their subscription because they take a percentage of what they recover for you. Uh, but then it just adds these insane amounts of costs for transaction fees. So if you do use a decline salvage service, or if you want to attempt to, to salvage some of your, your decline subscriptions, then kind of, take a look at what's happening and see how it makes sense, how many times you should try. Typically I advise not trying more than three extra times. Like you try the, the time that it's supposed to, then you could try a couple of days later. It's also a good idea to, to try at the beginning of the month. A lot of people kind of pay their bills and take care of things at the end of the month. They might have more money at the beginning of the month. Um, and then you might want to try one more time, but two or three times really at most, there's really no need um, to try a card 10 times. And soon enough, Visa and MasterCard will likely have some regulations to avoid merchants abusing this type of thing where they're just hitting up a card constantly. So you might as well kind of clean up that process as, as soon as you can. Um, in terms of and, and that's, you know, things that you can do on your checkout page specifically. Um, and in terms of converting more sales and just, you know, using different tricks to, you know, once somebody comes into your funnel to make sure that they end up being able to buy is separate the card number as a client is inputting it. So especially for older demographics, you know, a credit card number is usually 16 digits. If they're all kind of stuck together and, you know, somebody who may, whose vision maybe isn't that good, they might get mixed up. Uh, they may forget a digit. So as you're typing it in, in the field where, you know, the credit card is input, you can just put a space in between every four characters and that way it's just a lot easier for them. And it looks like it looks on their credit card versus just one long 16 digit number. So keep that in mind, especially if you have an older demographic, it can make a really big difference. Consider a shorter checkout 
for your mobile uh, checkout page. So especially if you're selling a digital product or you have con a content-based business, uh, you don't really need to collect people's addresses. You don't really need to collect their phone numbers and so forth. So it, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. And when I say for mobile, I mean, if somebody's on their desktop, and this is something that you should test, of course, but on their desktop, you know, a lot of people have autofills and so forth. Even on mobile, they have autofills. It's just they have a lot less space to see things. So they have to scroll longer. Uh, but in general, when we've done testing on a, um, a desktop or a laptop type page, uh, it usually doesn't have a, um, a huge impact, but on mobile, if you make your checkout page shorter, you convert more. So you might want to just, for example, collect zip code, um, and not the full address, you know, so that, that could be something I understand that now, you know, collecting more customer information is very valuable. So you have to kind of balance your conversions versus collecting the information and what could be more valuable for you. But it is something to consider is on uh, mobiles, a shorter checkout page will convert better for you. Um, when I was talking about zip code, you can collect all the information for the address, but then just do a partial match, meaning just match up the zip code with the customer's address. The reason that I say that is if you do a full street and zip match, if somebody's address, for example, is uh, 2515 First Avenue, on their credit card statement, it might be spelled out as F-I-R-S-T, AV, and they may write it as number one S-T Avenue. And if you do a full AVS check, which is an address verification check to match the street and the zip that will get declined. Uh, even though it's the same thing, technically, it's just the customer, you know, may have just a different way of spelling it than USPS has it registered or whatever the case is. So a partial zip code match is usually uh, acceptable for AVS and it will, you know, help you convert more sales without a, a huge increase in risk. Usually, you know, if, if somebody knows the zip code, um, it's, it's legit. Um, another thing is to offer DCC. DCC is dynamic currency conversion. Uh, or the local currency, if, if it's a possible. On Stripe, you could activate dynamic currency conversion. And that way, if you're a merchant in the US and somebody from the UK buys from you, they will be presented the equivalent in pounds. Um, that converts a lot better because people like to pay in their own currency and they don't want to have foreign um, you know, for an exchange fees or not know what price they're going to be charged. So it will increase your conversions. It'll be a lot, you know, a much better checkout experience for your customers. If you have a, a market, you know, a specific market, like for example, you're in the US, but you get 20% of your volume in the UK and it's a considerable amount of money, then you might want to just set up a merchant account in that currency. The reason for that is obviously you can price test in that currency. You can make the price a little bit higher, a little bit lower, depending on the market. And you can also settle in that currency so you can take advantage of, you know, FX rates that are a little bit better. Uh, usually when you do DCC and for example, in Stripe's case, they accept pounds for you, they will settle in US dollars. They, they're going to do the conversion for you and send it to you. So, you know, DCC is at a minimum. Local currency is when you're starting to scale in a different market. If you're working with Stripe, you can turn it on. If you're working with a merchant processor, then you can just ask them what options they have for international sales. A lot of them have different plugins or different solutions for them. For example, Direct Paynet, we offer some called planet payment where um it's kind of just 
just like a, an additional plugin. It's a, you fill out one sheet, you tell us what you're looking for. Like, for example, if you're looking for um, pounds and uh, Brazilian reals and all these different currencies, we can add them for you. And it's, it's a very quick and easy setup. Uh, another very underestimated and, and kind of takes a little bit of dev time, but it's, it's definitely worth it, is to give your customers the correct decline message. Why are they um, being declined? As I said earlier, if you have an older demographic and you know the person is just putting in an invalid card number, it's a good idea to tell them, hey, this is not a valid card. Do you want to check the number and try again? Now, if somebody has insufficient funds, it's a good idea to tell them again, you have insufficient funds, try another card. Um, if, if somebody's bank is declining the transaction for an unknown reason, which is, you know, those pesky issuing bank declines, they're just these random, um, random declines that, you know, merchants are accustomed to seeing. Well, you could say, hey, we don't know why your, your card has been declined, but please call your bank and ask them to ac accept this transaction. So you can kind of talk to your customers and explain to them what's going on. And that will, you know, educating your customers as to why their transaction will decline will likely um, convert more sales for you. And, you know, we'll just give your customer a better uh, experience at your checkout. Another thing that you can do just as a bonus tip, because I always love to give those bonus tips is, uh, you know, if you know, they don't, um, if they decline and they're not willing to try another card or, or whatever the case is, often an alternative payment method. So for example, ACH in the US, uh, in the UK, it can be, you know, different types of debit, it can be SEPA payments in Europe and so forth. So just make sure you cover all your bases. And, you know, if somebody really wants to buy Make sure you try to convert them and, and give them what they're looking for. So that is my quick checkout page uh, episode. Just quick tips. Like I said, these are super simple for you guys to implement. Uh, doesn't really cost you very much money and you can just put them in there and you know, you'll know you see uh, a couple of hundred, if not a couple of thousand dollars in savings every month just from unnecessary fees and losing, losing sales for no reason. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like it. If if you do, please share it with your friends and subscribe to the channel for more content and have yourself a great day.